just as you are to you pray with me? Lord, we do come to worship you this morning. We bow our knee and we confess you are our God, our Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Good job. United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful uh, that you've joined us in worship today. Uh, we like to frame our announcements in five practices. We try to live these out. We try to place them uh, as clearly as possible on our website, in our bulletin, on our bulletin boards, everywhere you might see. Uh, the first of which is radical hospitality. We've had a little bit of a challenge with that, honestly, the last couple weeks. Um, we've had people uh, in our building, uh, in places that they didn't need to be, looking for things to take. Um, and so we've got a heightened security. Uh, today, some of our trustees, we've got more trustees on campus than we normally do. And uh, for a month, we're going to have an um, off-duty police officer on campus. This uh, by no means means we don't want someone coming in and worshiping with us. We just want us show that we have a presence and uh, to people in the community that um, for a period of time to make sure that we feel safe uh, we want to hold intention people feeling uh, welcome to come in and people in the building uh, feeling safe so if you have any questions about that you can ask any of our staff uh, or ask our trustees about that um, we have a security system in the back to check your children in we have snacks and coffee there and we have restrooms there uh, should you need them we also have uh, family ministries of today in terms of radical hospitality and our um, children family director Aaron Knight's going to tell us about it. Good morning. I hope you will all plan to join us tonight at Paris Mountain State Park. We're going to officially kick off our ice cream social at six o'clock but um, you're welcome to come earlier if you haven't been there before. There's swimming which might feel really good today. Um, other hiking and other things you could do with your family there. But um, join us at picnic shelter number three at six. Bring ice cream or another dessert. I was going to do ice cream, but I'm getting there early and I didn't think you'd want to drink it. <laughs> so um, there's 0% chance of rain, um, but 100% chance of it being a warm, hot afternoon. So um, join us. We'll be in a covered shelter. It should be very fun and pleasant and we'll provide the drinks and keep you all hydrated this afternoon. Thank you, Aaron. We believe in passionate worship, and I want to say thank you to members uh, of this worship team that put this together. Uh, you haven't seen Caitlin in the last couple weeks. Caitlin is our director of this service. She's a physical therapist during the week, and she has um, hurt her back. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a tough profession, I'm sure, with that. She's slowly getting better, and I think we'll be all the way back this week, but we told her um, uh, just stay home, feel better. I know many of you have recovered from something, and if you try to come back too quickly, it's not a good thing. Uh, what I want to say is thank you to the band. Uh, we've got, so we've got uh, Swiss Army Knives in that band. Yeah. Dedicated people, talented people. Um, 
really any combination of them is pretty cool. I want to um, uh, express our gratitude that Greg is back in the service today. He's got a new microphone for me. Um, hopefully, uh, not only in this room, but on the recording, uh, will sound better as well. Grateful to people who run sound when Greg's not here. But we literally have a GE engineer who works on jet engines, working on our sound in both worship services, so that's very cool. We believe in intentional faith development. What are we doing throughout the week uh, and on Sunday morning to um, get text in your hands so that you can think about it, pull it apart, and apply it to your life? And I want to ask Bob and Bobby to come up uh, just for a second. I know they don't want to do it. They don't love praise. They love to give it more than they love to receive it. But Bob and Bobby have taught on Sunday nights for years. One of the first things I saw when I came to Memorial to tour it was this long chronological list and a map across the wall in the social hall. And I was like, what is this and who is this? It was Bob and Bobby teaching. Um, Bob and Bobby are not going to teach as much this fall. Um, other teachers are taking over. Um, but I want to express our gratitude to them for all the hard work they put into teaching our adults on Sunday nights and look forward to future times in which they'll teach us. So if y'all will join me in that. If you go to sundayscripturepodcast.com, you'll see a blog every Tuesday and a podcast every Tuesday that are for the following Sunday. And now we're going to record sermons, um, audio versions of sermons. You can find the video on the website along with the whole worship service. The audio version of the sermon is also going to be on uh, that website. If you have iTunes or uh, any podcast app, uh, you can find Sunday Scripture Podcast and um, the podcast will be there and the sermon will be there every week. It'll just pull up on your you can listen to them and you say, man, that was an amazing sermon. I want to hear it again. I want to hear it again. It was so deep. It was on such a level that I need to hear it again to comprehend it. That's what, that's um, the reviews. That's what the reviews are saying about my sermons. So um, I encourage you to do that. Uh, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. Um, you're going to see opportunities throughout this fall uh, to give back to our community, to give back to our state, to give back to our annual conference. I encourage you to find those in your bulletin, risk-taking mission and service and notice them on our bulletin boards all over. We're trying to be as digital as possible. We're trying to be as um, whatever this word is, analog as po uh, uh, on paper as possible. Everywhere on campus, our staff is working hard to do that. And finally, we believe in extravagant generosity. Um, if you look at the back page of your bulletin, just, um, it's the back page. Um, as a 10-year Cubs fan, Chicago Cubs, if you told me two years ago that this summer, the Chicago Cubs would be World Series champions, that I would see a once in 100 years eclipse, and that we would be $700 over our budget on the end of the summer, and ask me which one of those is the craziest. I wouldn't know which one to pick. So I want to say thank you. Um, for your generosity throughout this summer. I think um, you'll see all kinds of reasons uh, to give to our church so that we can give to others and we'll continue to make this church the best it can possibly be. Uh, so those are our five practices. You'll see them everywhere and I encourage you to take your bulletin home with you. Um, take a newsletter home with you and see um, what we believe and why we believe it and what we're doing about it. So that leads to something that's unique about today. I'm going to call Erin uh, up again. She's our children's director and Katie is our 
our youth director, and they're going to lead us through a um, back-to-school blessing. Uh, they're going to do that in both worship services today. The liturgy will be on the screen, and if y'all will follow along in bold. When students and teachers of all ages, if you are a youth and want to come up, if you are a child, please come up um, and join us at the front. If you are a college student, please come up. Any student and teachers. Unless you're running that. Okay, go stand up there. What a great group. God is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. Let us ask God to bless those who seek to learn and those who guide them. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for students as they begin this new year, that the Spirit of God may grant them the gifts of wisdom and understanding. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for teachers, that they may share their knowledge with patience, compassion, and enthusiasm for their students. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all administrators, school leaders, and volunteers, that they ensure a safe and welcoming environment for all. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord our God, in your wisdom and love, you surround us with the mysteries of the universe. Throughout history, you have sent us your prophets to teach your laws and to bear witness to your undying love. Send your spirit upon us all and fill us with your wisdom and blessings that they, we may serve one another in your community. Remind us that wherever we go, you are always with us. Fill us with the joy of learning so we may be better equipped to be your servants. Amen. We have something special for you to take with you to school to remind you that God goes with you wherever you go. Uh, there is a backpack tag here. Um, if any of you want to have that thought as you go out to work each day, we have plenty for anyone who wants one. Why don't we all turn so that, you, you, the, uh, that the congregation can see you all and I'll come over and give you one.
huge portion of our church. Forget retirees who are in the church. We could have a uh, university on how to teach math, right? Just with our retirees. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special day. And we thank you for the amazing people in this community that lead our students. As people from all over the East Coast, the nation from all over, come to our region tomorrow, we pray for peace. We pray for sanity. We pray for hospitality. As school begins on Tuesday, we pray that you may give us rest, that you may give us enthusiasm, that you may give us energy. Help us, Lord, who are not teachers, not administrators, not support staff, to check on those who are, to see how their week is going, to see if there's anything we can do to help. As we witness the anger and the brokenness in our nation, it's amplified on television, on social media, potentially at our kitchen table. Give us curiosity rather than certainty. Give us peace rather than anger. Give us your justice rather than the justice we're accustomed to and beg for. Give us a desire to hear your word today that we may be instruments of your message. Be present with us, Lord, as we pray the prayer you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 15, starting with verse 1. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely rules. Heated debate. Over a subject we don't fully understand. But we don't need to fully understand it to establish the fact that we know it's a heated debate among passionate people talking about their faith in God and how to practice it. So let's talk about your first phrase, the ritual. What's great about rituals? 
whatever it may be, whether it's an exercise, whether it's meditation, whether it's food preparation, whether it's gathering in the summer on vacation, whether it's liturgy as a part of a um, blended service like this one or a traditional service like that one. It sets the tone. It draws you together. This week has been one of the craziest weeks of 2017 for me. I'm on a committee with the Board of Ordained Ministry for our state that um, welcomes new candidates to residency, which is the last quarter of their pursuit of ordination. And so I was at Asbury Hills with them this week, but I also had a meeting with our Greenville District this week at Buncombe Street. And I also had stuff here that had to be done. And I'm not talking about being too busy. I'm not talking about working too hard. I'm talking about three very different things, very different mindsets, all swirling around one another. I wasn't ever in just one. If I was ever in one, I was thinking about the other one. And as I come here today, if I'm not here during the week, I think, what are the five things that can absolutely go wrong? Uh, it might be that we have last week's bulletin sitting on the table. It might be that the internet isn't working with the screen and it's not syncing. It might be that I traded in my white folder, my binky, that I've had for 10 years for a digital binky <laughs> that has more techie stuff but can also do what? Let me down. It might be that that door wasn't unlocked. It might be that I don't have my key. Whatever it might be. There's something about coming in here, circling up with the leaders, going through those five practices, and standing in this spot that you think, okay, forget all that. Let's talk about what we're doing today. That's what's beautiful about a ritual. And you might have rituals for any number of things in your life that you could give you clarity. The ritual also for the people of God set them apart since their very beginning when they were either conquered by another nation and dragged off somewhere else or just to establish a geographical location and were surrounded by other nations that had entirely different beliefs the rituals that they went through for cleanliness, for worship for whatever it may be set them apart from those other nations and said this is who we are you know what uh, NFL teams and college football teams are doing right now, what they're talking about right now? They're talking about establishing an identity. This is who we are. This is what we do. That's what rituals did for those people. It's what they continue to do today. They provide a path, a path to see God. The trouble with rituals is when someone finds one that works for them, and they figure that is what path for God. The. The path for seeing God. And if you don't follow the ritual like I follow it, I don't know what you're doing. But it certainly has nothing to do with God. Did you hear that in the initial reading? I didn't tell you to look for it, but did you see it? They're going back and forth about what is the ritual? What is the path through which we can see God? And when Jesus says, you hypocrites... I didn't notice that. I've never seen this before until I um, ordered a book on my um, Kindle. Excuse me. Called uh, Feasting on the Word. It's a, a modern uh, commentary on all sorts of the uh, elements of the text. And this is your next phrase when he says the word hypocrites. 
performed by actors on a stage. When you call someone a hypocrite, do you think about that? Them doing that? What he's saying is, you religious leaders, you who are to set the tone for the community, you for a period of time in front of a bunch of people are acting a certain way and then you leave the theater and you go do whatever you want to do. Does that make sense? You act as if you are followers of Christ, uh, of God. But you're not. You're veering away and following the rules and practices that you've created and making those the thing that God is. So you've learned the words. Uh, think, think about theater. You have to know where to stand. You have to know how to inflect. You have to know where to look. And these religious leaders in Jesus' mind have done this. But they're acting. In his opinion. You ever play a part for people? You ever play the part of sane person in a, uh, in a public place? You ever play the part of perfect parent at an amusement park? You ever play the part of perfect daughter at the hospital? Whatever that may be. And it's something that you're trying to hold together for public consumption for a fixed amount of time so that people will have a certain opinion of you. Right? I'm not holding it against you. I've done it too. Social media is an excellent way that people do that. When they, um, I've watched, you know, if you're sitting at the beach and you watch people um, uh, take 45 minutes for a picture with family of 17, right? And there's deep anger at minute 37, 38, 39. But on that Facebook picture, what does it look like? We're all together, we're all holy, we're all in love, and we're all having an amazing vacation, right? Now, that's not a lie, but it's a snapshot that's saying this is who we are. What Jesus is saying is they have a snapshot in a very negative way of this is who we are. Let me read you a um, passage from Amos that's not on your screen that has to do with people following routine religious practices that they don't then live when they step away. Amos 5, 21 to 27. I hate... I reject your festivals. I don't enjoy your joyous assemblies. If you bring me your entirely burned offerings and gifts of food, I won't be pleased. I won't even look at your offerings of well-fed animals. Take away the noise of your songs. I won't listen to the melody of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings during the 40 years in the wilderness, house of Israel? You take up offerings for your king and your star God that you've made for yourselves. Therefore, I will take away everything you have beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is of the God of heavenly forces. Does that sound like a happy person? That's the voice of God in a prophet telling the people, I hate your practices. I hate your festivals. I hate your worship. What if you heard that about God, about this service? Wouldn't that be harsh? But the point being made is, you're doing it right here in this second. And then you're going off and doing what you like. And the purpose is not these things for a snapshot of time. 
The purpose is that these things will help you as you leave this place to live a life that's holy in my name. The next slide is verse 10. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Now you could come up with um, all sorts of things that are delicious, like chili cheese fries, chili cheese fries on onion rings, <laughs> mozzarella sticks, what are some other delicious things? Triple banana split some deal. Something that you have a um, 1,800 calories you want to you eat today and this thing has 1,850 on its own. There's plenty of things we eat that can completely defy anything that our bodies should be doing. But these, he's saying it's not what you eat. He's saying, y'all have obsessed and y'all set aside things that you're going to eat and you definitely don't eat those things and you have holy practices that set you apart from the nation surrounding you. But it doesn't mean anything to me if it doesn't change your attitudes, your words, the things that you say to your loved ones, to your family, to your neighbors, to your coworkers. It means nothing to me if you don't change who you are. Let me give you a great example, um, also not on your screen, but it's the next phrase, Leviticus 11, 9. Listen to this. This is an example of what the people of God are to do with their food. These you may eat, whatever's in the water, all that have fins and scales, those in the water, in the seas or in the rivers, you may eat. But whatever is in the seas and in the rivers that does not have fins and scales among all the teeming life of water and among all the living creatures that are in the water, they are detestable things to you. So what does that mean we can't eat? Fish? What does that mean we can't eat? The only thing I really like at a seafood restaurant, which is shrimp, don't eat it. Because it defiles you. This is Leviticus. Y'all ever read Leviticus in your daily devotional life? No. Y'all ever say, I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. Man, it's like if you said, I'm going to run a marathon, and then the first mile, there was an incline like this. Right? But Leviticus is filled with things like that that really are truly healthy things that set people apart. And one of the great followers of that is Daniel. If you read the book of Daniel, his nation is conquered by a surrounding nation. They bring in all the great leaders and they tell them, come eat from our table. That table has all sorts of stuff that is not listed in here or is specifically listed, you do not eat. And the king says, eat it. What does Daniel say? Mm -mm. The king says, you know, I want you to eat it. The conquering king who conquered your nation. And Daniel says, mm, no. Because he believes he's going to eat what's on this list. Then one day he realized that Daniel's a pretty healthy guy. They look around and they say, maybe this guy's on to something. And in fact, if you go home and you Google Daniel fast, it's a pretty neat fast. You can eat whatever you, however much you want, but it's fruits and nuts and something. Daniel set the tone with that diet. But the problem is, 
he lived it as well in a way that no one else does. He says, the words that you speak are far worse than the food that you eat. And that's the next phrase. And I'm going to add something to it. Words spoken and typed on a screen. Those are the things that defile you. You ever type something crazy on a screen? You ever hit send? You ever type a big, long, angry email and save it in a draft for the next day and then look at it? Or when you type a big, angry email, do you fire it off? You ever on a group text and somebody writes something and you go, that person's crazy. I'm going to tell everybody right now that person's crazy. If you look on um, any social media website, one comment deep on any subject right now, tell me what you're going to see. Really harsh stuff about both sides. Now, um, there, and, and forget me trying to unpack all that in a sermon. But when both sides are absolutely convinced, convinced, that there's not a single helpful thing come from the other side. When both sides are absolutely convinced that they have the market cornered on exactly what we should do, how much trouble are we in? How much trouble are we in when we say to representatives of us, don't give a single half of a percentage point on our behalf. You fight without giving in for anything. Because I can't fathom anything from that other side. We're in trouble. And we're in trouble when we, on social media, and in texts and in emails and whatever form, when people know that we try to go to church as much, as much as humanly possible and we put that there, then that must be what people who are in church think. You ever go just to get angry? You ever go just to get riled up again? Because there's something that we need in order to be riled up about this subject. Verse 12. This is perfect. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? <laughs> I said to these people in residency, the irony being, many of them are second career. Many of them are 10, 12 years older than me now. But it's only their first year in ministry. First year in, in church leadership as a pastor. I said, people are going to get upset. <laughs> and people are going to come tell you that someone is upset. And they're going to be upset that it used to be Tahoma and now it's Verdana. They're going to be upset that it used to be red and now it's blue. They're going to be upset that it used to be at 9 and now it's at 9.15. And you know what? Sometimes they deserve to be upset because you just walked in the door and changed it from red to blue. What'd you do that for? What are you, goofy? And they're going to come to you and express that, ups that you know, hey, somebody's really upset when they heard this. I said, your job is not 
to make sure that everyone in the building is not upset. Because good luck. I said, your job is to make sure that everyone understands what you're doing and why you're doing it. And has buy-in to the decisions that you're making. That's your job. And sometimes you'll do a great job and sometimes you'll rush it and won't do a great job. And the people being upset will teach you something. But it's not your number one guiding focus. You figure it's Jesus' number one guiding focus? <laughs> nope. In fact, uh, I, I read in this because I knew I was coming here and doing this. I said, I wouldn't follow this model because we're not Jesus. Only Jesus can do this. Verse 13. He replied, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. That's his response. Lead them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall in the pit. Watch me never say that in my time here or ever in ministry. Right? Someone says, hey, people were really upset that we turned on the lights in the 9 o'clock worship service. And then I say, you know what? Anything not planted by God will be uprooted. <laughs> right? But Jesus knows this is a totally different subject on a totally different plane with people who are trying to impede what he is trying to do. He says, there must be your next phrase. Fruit. Not in order for me to love you, but because I've already loved you. And this is the whole point of us gathering together. I told the leaders this uh, um, future ordinance that my scripture passage for ordination was the text in which the gardener, it's a parable, there's a tree that's not producing fruit. You know what the owner says? Rip it up. Let's start over. And the gardener says, let's give it one more year. Let's resettle everything. Let's give it lots of nutrients and give it one more chance. There's a certain urgency in that parable for fruit. And there's an urgency in this text as well. And that fruit comes not from the practices that we follow when we're in this building, but the things that we do when we leave this building. If there was fruit from the things that you've done in between Sundays, or the things that you haven't done, or the things that you said, or the things that you haven't said in a tense moment, what would that fruit be? Think back throughout this week. Think ahead as you go into this week. If there are examples of me showing people how to have compassion, patience, and curiosity, what examples are there? If they're not, what am I asking myself? I've got to do better. I've got to do better in what I say, in what I do, in what I believe. Your last phrase is avoiding spiritual blindness. He says they're the blind leading the blind. You ever walk through your house when you already turned the lights off? And you go through and you, our house has a thousand lights. Go through, turn them all off, turn them off, turn them off, turn them off. Charge your cell phone, plug it in. Forgot my ice water in the kitchen. Great. I'm going to go through, go through the kitchen. Can't see. He says, these religious leaders, these people who have fancy gear, who have fancy words, who tell people they're not following fancy practices, are blind 
can't see. And they're leading people who can't see. And he says, if you're worried about those people being angry, if you're not worried about fruit, if you're simply worried about making them happy, then you're just as blind as they are. So let's talk about two things that may contribute to our blindness. We've got a picture. What's that? Car radio. I'm sure your car radio might look different. It's funny, I googled um, uh, memory buttons on car radio and images. And I went all the way back to like my dad's car when I was a kid that had the push button in like to this. See that one, two, three, four, five, six? How many of you have radio stations programmed there? How many of you need help programming your favorite radio stations there? We can do that this afternoon. The upside of the favorites on your radio is that you can find the stations that you love very quickly while operating a motor vehicle on a road. What's the downside? They affirm the thing you already love. They're the music that you have loved and want to hear again. They're the words that you believed before you turned the radio on, that you like to hear when the radio's on, and that you believe even more when you leave that radio. Is that true? I've talked to Caitlin about um, this service, and I've talked to Renessa about that service, and the fact that they introduced new songs that are directly tied to the text and also stretch us in our music library. But you know what's painful about that? We like singing a song that we already know. It's tough, isn't it? When you hear a new song on the radio, do you immediately go, yes, absolutely. Or do you go, nah, I'll go back to the one I like. Let's look at another one that might be more dangerous. And forgive the stretching because it's a vertical picture that was turned into a horizontal frame. See that DVR button? Does anyone need help understanding how to work the DVR button? We can do that too. If you record the things that you believed before you watched them, affirm you while you watch them, and then make you stronger in that belief after you've watched them, What's the trouble in that? Your window, your understanding might get smaller and smaller and smaller. And guess what those entities are designed to do? They got to come up with 24 hours of content. Can you imagine coming up with 24 hours of something to say? And it's not 24 hours yesterday. We got to come up with 24 hours today too. And we got to come up with 24 hours of content tomorrow. It's crazy. Used to be uh, they had to come up with what? An hour every night. Maybe even 30 minutes. <laughs> they got to come up with 24 hours. So they might have a flashing light, right? Because you turned away for 15 minutes. What does that flashing light do? It draws you back. They might have a banner that says, Breaking news. And it's the same thing they said 12 hours ago. Because you got to say something for, imagine having to say something to your spouse for 24 straight hours. What would you say? Imagine saying something to your Sunday school class for 24 straight hours. 
And then you got to do it again tomorrow. You'd gather people and get them to say things too. And those people would feed off each other. And what's the number one thing you want people to do if you're that channel? The number one thing any channel wants you to do is watch. So whatever we can do to get you to stay and get you to watch, we're going to do. So while that's extremely convenient, and while we don't have to stretch ourselves, we can watch the thing that we love. How many of you watch reruns? Right? You say, hey, Seinfeld is it. Cheers is it. The, uh, what's the thing? Um, <laughs> the scientists. Mm, what? Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory is it. I don't need to watch anything else. In a way, it's comforting. In a way, you've got to watch it. Because it narrows and narrows and narrows and narrows. So what can we do to avoid spiritual blindness? Don't cut yourself off. Be curious. Figure you have weaknesses. Form pictures that are not all or nothing. Consider you might be acting on a stage for a period of time and how we can limit that. And if there's two things that you're thinking about that might inform the way you believe in their scripture or experience... And there's one of those um, greater than symbols. Which way, which one is the alligator eating? Scripture? That you're pouring your heart into that? Or experience? This is just kind of what I feel based on things I've seen. What can we do to limit spiritual blindness, to be curious, to be hopeful in the name of our Lord? If we do that, and then we're not actors on a stage here for about 50 minutes in the 9 o'clock service. We are truly instruments of God's grace in this community because we've gathered together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll join me in our uh, modern affirmation of faith found on your screen. If you'll please stand. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering, and you can give in the traditional way as the plate comes by. And you can give online with one of your devices on, with instructions in the back.
would you guys please stand and sing with us? you to look across and y'all don't keep playing. I want you to look at across at one another. And figure there are people in this circle that watch Fox News. There are people in this circle that watch MSNBC. There are people in this circle that watch CNN. 
And the things that you say about the people who are doing the other thing are people in this circle. You understand that? You know why that matters? And one level would be to consider the people in this circle who watch those things. Another level would be to consider a much bigger circle beyond this congregation, beyond this worship service. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. I'm alive because of you. And I just might try to think about that and not play a part for one hour on one day of the week. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. I'm alive. Go in peace. Offer peace because peace was offered to you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a blessed week. See you next time.